Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. How are you? Thank you for being with us today. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. It is a pleasure to be here on a Sunday, even though it's snowing a little bit in New York City, but you know, all is well here. Uh, before we bring on this amazing guest who actually just flew in from LA to be here with us on the Create Your Life series, he's looking around like he's not amazing, but uh, you know, if you've, if you've read those social media posts, then you definitely know that this guy is uh, one of a kind. But before bringing him on, I have to check in with you. And so we have to do catch up. And this past week, I think the, the most important lesson that I learned or that was reiterated to me was flexibility. And the thing about flexibility, the reason why it was really highlighted is because, as you know, I have this program called Debt Free College Academy that teaches parents and students how to graduate college for free. And this summer, I went to a principal and said, hey, I have this great program that's based off of this book that I wrote called 10 Ways Anyone Can Graduate from College Debt-Free. And I said, you should have this program in your school. And he said, OK, well, let me take a look at what it is that you have. And he literally looked at the program and told me, you're not ready. Me, thinking that I was ready, I asked him, I said, what are some ways that I can improve this program? So this is me being humble. And he says, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And as he's talking and he's telling me he's going in extreme detail, I mean, literally, this guy is basically ripping the program apart. But I'm taking notes. And so I come back to him. I say, you know what? When's the next time we can have a meeting? And he says, well, you know, you tell me. I say, how about next Wednesday? I said, I will have all of the changes that you just told me to have. I will have them by next Wednesday. And if I don't, then I'll, I'll submit to you what it is that I've changed. And then... I will continue to make the other changes. And so we made the meeting for the following Wednesday. And when we met, he was a bit surprised at the progress. I hadn't made all of it because there were some things that were uh, outside of my control because there were other people involved in the project. And over the next, the last, I would say, what was that? That was like June. So that's almost the last six months I've been working on this program. And this week, not only did I meet with that same principal again, I actually met with the person who's over the entire group of charter schools under this particular brand. And now we're discussing bringing Debt Free College Academy to those schools as part of a parent initiative for family engagement, but also for the students inside of the classroom. And so that was just to highlight what humility is, uh, to be humble enough to ask those questions and to get the feedback and then also to take action on them. You know, because you, you don't know what you don't know. And so you always have to aspire to become better and to be better. So Create Your Life Series family, with that being said, this gentleman who is here with us now actually just told me about his schedule and about being flexible, coming all the way from Los Angeles to ending yeah, up yeah. DJing and then doing all this other stuff. George 2.0, please say hello to the Create Your Life what Series up, family. Create Your Life, how y'all doing? Huh? Y'all creating a moment for yourself? Man, that's the only thing that we do. You know, we try to uh, <laughs> we try to create on purpose. I, the, I, Ah, I see you, Brandon. Hey, for those of you that don't know the Create Your Life Series family, George is actually engaged to the beautiful Jovian Zane, who is I actually... I prefer the phrase betrothed. Oh, I'm sorry. Because, you know, nobody uses that. So yes. you say engaged, people kind of take it as a perfunction. They just, oh, they start asking their questions. But you say betrothed, mm -hmm. people kind of step back. It's like a little jab. It gives you a chance to explain it the way you want to. Okay. Yeah. So let me rephrase that. <laughs> <clears throat> The betrothed, the betrothed, uh, Jovian Zane, Miss <laughs> Jovian Zane, uh, who was actually a phenomenal woman and who was also on the show a few months back. 
and she did a phenomenal uh, job here. That interview was amazing. Definitely great energy from her. But congratulations! That's why I'm here, right? I thought I was. I mean, I'm here just to, to really talk about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's all we want to hear. That's okay, all cool. we want to know Perfect. about. Right, it's right. just her, not notes. you. We don't. We don't. We don't care about. It. <laughs> hey, <Nah>. Jovi. <laughs> but uh, so man, actually, you know what? I'm gonna jump in straight with yeah. that. You and your fiance did something that I thought was really amazing. She was the first African American president of the SGA at her college, she was. Mm -hmm. and you were the first African American president of your fifth grade student council. Almost the same kind of administration. We had different policies, exactly, you know, but it was almost the same. No, um, you know, it's really incredible. We actually um, revisit moments like that um, that show just how much our um, upbringing paralleled, mm -hmm. um, you know, each other's. Um, and while there was obviously a big difference between being fifth grade. <laughs> class and being, president, a college, and being yeah, a college class president there's that that you know that leadership quality exactly. um and that thing that i think attracts people to us as a team um but also it allows us to invest in you know in each other and to know that there are parallels in the way that we grew up i mean i grew up an only child right so there are a lot of ways that i lived inside of a bubble you know thinking that no one did the things that i that i did right um and then when you have memories whether that's about fruit snacks or, <laughs> you know, or watching certain TV programs and you meet somebody with whom you feel yourself to be evenly yoked right. that had that same sort of, you know, upbringing, mm -hmm. it just makes it really, really easy to mesh, not just as, as a couple, but as families and with an intentionality to kind of move forward. Right. And speaking of moving forward, man, yeah. you're an entrepreneurial entertainer. I am. I definitely am. What does that mean? Uh, it means somebody asked me what I did and I had to come up with something really quick. So okay. <laughs> I had to create, create my life in the, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> in the moment. Um, no, I mean, basically what it means, I'm an entertainer. So I grew up as an actor. Um, I played a bunch of different instruments, none of them, you know, successfully or for long enough to really claim them. Um, but as I said, I'm, you know, I grew up as an only child. And as an only child, you end up playing the games by yourself, right? You end up being the quarterback and the running back and the wide receiver, you know. <laughs> throwing, throwing, <laughs> throwing the, the ball up in the air to yourself and running to catch it, right? But Absolutely. in that same way, you know, as, as far as entertainment was concerned, you know, I started off entertaining my, my parents' dinner guests. My parents were 36 years old apiece, you know, when they, when they had you me. Had you. So you're looking at an eight-year-old trying to entertain some mid-40-year-old people and you realize that there are things you have to do to get their attention. So you have to set it up. So you've got to build your own stage. Right. You have to come up with your own routine. You have to be your own you know, stage manager. Right. And so that's something that I've always done where I've sort of taken that thing that interests me, the primary you know, um, job that I had, and figured out how to do those other things that surrounded it and to create business models surrounding it and to create new streams of income surrounding you know, what I might have been hired for. And so... I took it from being just an entertainer to actually creating those business opportunities for myself. And that's where the entrepreneurship came in. And then, of course, you know, once the scale gets large enough, you bring other people in to take over those areas that you've had to handle by yourself. Mm. You know, and so it kind of makes it easier to bring other people in once you've played different roles, because then you can speak the language for the role that you need them to play. And so that's for me what entrepreneurial entertainment has become. Wow. That's, <laughs> dude, that is awesome. <laughs> I like that because you say, oh, it's just something that I made up on the fly. And then now all of a sudden you have all of these, yeah, I mean, you know, you got all of this stuff. So what are some of the brands that you've actually worked with? Well, I did a brand ambassadorship um, tour in Vegas and actually in Hoboken, New Jersey, for a company called Genworth Financial, which is something I never really thought I would be involved with, mm -hmm. um, you know, a, that kind of group. Um, but what I did was I, was I was able to take my skills as a host um, and learn enough of the terminology there where they, you know, they put you f before their clientele and you, you host them, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you can make that transition from hosting parties and, you know, hosting award shows to finding yourself at CES talking to people in the medical professional industry. And tell us what CES is. Um, consumer Electronics, you don't know what CES stands for, but it, ha it happens every year in uh, Vegas and all the amazing um, gurus and, and, and CEOs um, come into uh, into this um, 
I guess it's more of a conference where mm -hmm. they have an opportunity to present their innovation. So oh, it's, wow. it's everything from um, something that might happen on the forefront of, of medical technology to some to to the newest drone, to newest cameras, those kinds of things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I started off with Wonderland and. Um, I, I took that brand identity into a space where I've done stuff for, for T-Mobile, I've done stuff um, for Hendrix Gym, Gym right here in Harlem. You know, it runs the gamut. I, I try to attach myself to brands that I believe in right. and brands that I could see myself, you know, creating new spaces with as opposed to just coming in and being a face or, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Because, I mean, you do a lot, man. You're a brand ambassador, as you just said. You're an actor. Yeah. I saw a clip of your one-man show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I literally rewatched it again <laughs> just because I was like, oh, like, I didn't know you could sing. Uh, well, so, no. So, I'm an actor. So, what you saw, what you heard was me acting like a singer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, so that's, <laughs> and I can't dance either, but I can act like a dancer. See, that's funny. Okay. You feel okay, me? That's some good acting then, brother. <laughs> that's some real good acting. Now, you also are a writer. I am. A producer. I am. And a DJ. I am. And, and that's another Create Your Life scenario. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have traveled the world, um, to have gotten my first passport stamp touring with Janelle Monet, And because of uh, what I, I made for myself uh, obvious, um, there's an in, there was an invaluable, you know, uh, I was invaluable on the road. I made it so that I was able to sort of transform that into other opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. And so we did a radio promo for um, her album, The Electric Lady. Yeah, and, great uh, album. Gr fantastic. She's a phenomenal artist. She's a phenomenal individual. Um, but yeah, we were, we were touring that, we're radio programming in the UK, and we needed to hire DJs. Mm -hmm. And the DJs were just to set up, you know, the playback of the album. And so um, we would go in early, uh, myself and the experienced architect at the time, Aza, and we'd build these elaborate, you know, playback situations, and uh, the room would smell good. We'd have all the grass and the candles and everything there. But this is you stage managing as well. This at is this point. Yeah, stage managing, production managing, but mm -hmm. using, again, being invaluable, knowing mm -hmm. that if I was there, and, and also from a management standpoint, knowing that you can hire somebody like me to cover all those, those bases. Mm -hmm. um, but what we didn't know was that I was going to end up having a DJ. <laughs> so, so how did that happen? How did you end up being the DJ for Janelle Monet? Man, I'll tell you what, we, you know, on they, her tour. we were hiring DJs in every single, you know, marketplace right. to come in and I'm standing next to them and I'm saying, hey, play this next. Or, hey, you got any Stevie? Because I knew what needed to be, you know, the, the, the sonic the periphery. To right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Use that big word again? Just the sonic periphery. Yeah. Because yeah. we know what that means. I just made that up, but I, you know, okay. I might yeah, use that. The sonic periphery. Yeah. Uh, great July <laughs> 6th, fam. Permiphery. Whatever, whatever you right. just said. If you say it in cursive, like you say it real fast, people just accept it. Yeah, do it again. It's the sonic periphery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah. I knew we needed to sort of contextualize <laughs> the moment from an audio standpoint. Yeah. And um, we got to a venue, I think it was in Birmingham, UK, and we didn't have a DJ. Mm-hmm. And I had iPad. Right. And on my iPad, that little DJ program where you can kind of ficky ficky, <laughs> you know, oh. right on the screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and they man. had an aux cord. Yeah. And I was like, well, I only got to do this for like 15 minutes. Let me see if I can pull this off. Live life. And I pulled it off and it became a hat that I put on, you know. Mm. And so other people within the Wonderland community, shout out to Jeff Coran, um, would just slap my name on flyers. <laughs> and be like 2.0's DJ. Wow. Be, whoa, 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 whoa. No, he's no, 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 no. He's not. I can make you a playlist, but I'm not ready to DJ. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. It's tonight at seven. Hey man, got to rise to the occasion. You just jump in there. Wow. Okay. So you're talking about being on the tour. Mm -hmm. How did you get down with the Wonderland team mm -hmm. before then? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I went to Clark Atlanta. You went to Morehouse. Yeah. yeah. I, shout out to the AUC. Yeah. Shout out to the AU for real. Yeah. And actually, the reason why I know George is because I went to study abroad with his best friend, yeah. uh, Larry Yarell, <laughs> back in, I won't tell you when, but that was a while back. Just a couple semesters ago. Yeah, yeah, just, just a couple. Just a couple. But uh, I remember seeing her performing in Best of Friends oh, with yeah. my friend BLF. Noel. Yeah, yeah, BLF with my yeah. friend Noel from yeah. Oakland, yeah. you know, back in the dorms, yeah. you know, um, and, and around the AU. And then, of course, you know, like you said, she's an amazing person. So yeah. she blew up. But how did you get down with the camp initially? Oh, man, I met um, uh, Nate Wonder, actually. Um, we were in a singing group, uh, <laughs> an ill-fated singing group for just a little while. So and you were acting like you were singing again? Acting like I was singing, yeah. yeah. I was oh, actually, man. at that time, I, I couldn't sing, and I was singing like an actor to be honest um <laughs> but but uh, uh nate and i we just you know we just became really really good friends we okay. became brothers early on 
And um, so I was always around. Um, I think that despite um, my lack of, of musical ability from a production standpoint at the time, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the invaluable thing that I provided at that time was good energy. Right. And so I was there, and whether that was wrangling people to be, you know, around in inspiration sessions while we're in the studio, whether that was creating up, creating dances, perhaps throwing the lyric in, you know, at the time. So you be um, throwing lyrics in? Yeah, I mean bars. You got bars. That's bars. What that, <laughs> bars. <laughs> Candy bars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they discovered uh, Janelle around this same time, and she and I just got really, really close. We actually, <laughs> I actually had um, my first car my senior year, no insurance. Um, she didn't know this. Sorry, Jane. I know you didn't know this at the time. <laughs> Um, but you know, I would I would help her get back and forth from you know her boarding house to the studio. I drop her off sometimes and that kind of thing. Right, right. And uh, we ended up hosting um, a show on a network that did not survive. A show I will not tell you about because neither one of us want anyone to see it, and there are no clips that exist right now. At um, the moment. At the moment. <laughs> but you say that name, <laughs> and it's happening. <laughs> but we created a bond at the time, and because mm-hmm. of my bond with with Chuck Lightning and the rest of the Wonderland crew, Chuck and I went to Morehouse as well together. Okay. Um, it became a situation where you know, it was like step up, you know, you mm-hmm. just needed people to step up as we were beginning this tour life. And so I got the call like, hey, we need a stage manager. And I'm like, I don't know how to stage manage, but, you know, I'll try. And well, while you're out here on the road, because the labels don't necessarily, you know, just throw money away. Mm-hmm. They also need somebody who can stage manage and who can MC. Oh, OK, that's cool. I can MC. I'm comfortable there. OK, right. great. Well, while you're stage managing and you're MCing, we also need a videographer or uh, okay, sure, great. I'll be a videographer. Mm-hmm. And so I made it so that, again, I was invaluable. And we, we all grew together. Like, we all took those risks together. We all learned how to tour together. We all learned how to perform, how to entertain, how to run that machine together. And it was, you know, it was, it was a, it's still growing and we're still learning. Wow. Wow. That's, dude, that's phenomenal. How many years ago would you say that was? This is like 2006. 2008 somewhere in there wow see almost 10 years in oh yeah and just continuing to grow oh yeah uh, i remember one time you told me and i, I just got to ask this question you sure. had told me about an experience that you guys had where you were on tour and you had the opportunity to be in the ple- presence of the uh the late prince oh man the legend jeez uh yeah it, yeah it, it's still difficult to hear late um in front of his name um but just an absolute angel on earth um incredibly um gracious mm-hmm. um incredibly observant uh i remember the first time that um i was in his presence i used to have this phrase this is again like 2008 when people were just getting on on twitter and you were having that issue um with an mc with getting people to stop holding their phones in there and actually pay attention right and one of the phrases i used to always say was you know by now you should have already tweeted put your phones down get ready to have a good time and uh, he invited Jane, and Jane invited us to Paisley Park. And Jane is Janelle. Janelle. Sorry, right. yeah, Janelle. Okay. Gotcha. And we walked in on his rehearsal at Paisley Park, and he was rehearsing, and he stopped the music, and he says, by now you should have already tweeted. And it blew my mind, because that was something that I had said at the show the night before. Right. And he paid that much attention. You know, he was that uh, in tune with, with who we were you know out of mm-hmm. respect for us as as musicians um wow. he's invited us on stage you know d- tens of times uh i've been thrown the mic by him uh wow. <laughs> surprisingly to close out a show you know he's just just an he was an incredible incredible individual wow so how do you stay poised in moments like that um where things are happening to you that are larger than what you expected to yeah. happen and i'm i'm saying that in regards to this print situation, but also, you know, when, when you became, oh, well, I have to, I have to wear this hat and I have yeah. to wear that hat. Like, do you, yeah. what are some of the ways that you keep your composure and don't fumble? Because now you're embarking on I mean, know, I, new I territory fumble. in the moment. I, I fumble, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay, you know, because I've learned just as much from some of my mistakes as I have from, from my victories. Right. I think that what happens in the moment is that you have to understand a couple of things. One, a guy puts you in places that he expects you to be in and expects you to excel in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he puts those things on your shoulders because they're broad enough to carry them. And so I've got incredible faith in God. So if he puts me in a position, I believe that in, you know, in the same way, I should have faith in myself to be able to, you know, uh, to succeed. But, you know, I, I think it really comes down to knowing uh, and believing that the things that you do when nobody's watching allow you sort of that incubation to to be prepared for when everyone is watching. It's a phrase I say all the time, you exactly. know. Exactly, your model. Even if you weren't watching, I'd be doing this anyway. And that's how, 
you know, I knew that I could stage manage because as an as an actor growing up in like the, you know, the high school musicals and all those kinds of things like that, I paid just as much attention to the stage manager as I did to the director, to everybody around. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't foreign to me when it when it came time to to step into those places. Um, So I think really it has to it comes down to expecting a lot from yourself, having faith in God and then very specifically spending time on your hobby and in those those quiet times when nobody's paying attention so that you can be prepared when when everyone is focused on you right so you have this uh philosophy that I really like and yeah. it's uh you can doubt yourself every day as long as you get over it mm-hmm. can you elaborate on that a little yeah, bit yeah of course i mean you know i think Again, it goes back to the failure piece as well. (laughs) It's funny. People think that you have such a high level of success because of your visibility, Mm -hmm. but they don't recognize that in the morning sometimes you wake up and you don't know whether or not you can do it. And that's fine because it sort of, it pushes you, right? And it, it encourages you. That little bit of doubt is what you fight up against. That's, that's, that's the uphill. And that's the thing that you can be proud about when you, you know, when you look back down from, from whence you've come, um, I don't have a, an issue with doubting myself because it makes me work harder to, to, to better myself. So if I think right now, like I, I'll tell you the truth, Kevin, I'm looking at you, I'm like, man, this is a radio show. I really want to do a radio show, but I don't know how to work that board. I don't know if I could do it. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I'm going to at least have an explore, uh, uh, at least explore what it would be like to do this because I don't know if I can and I need to push myself to grow to see if I can. Like Absolutely. I want to know whether or not I can do it push yourself to the limits you got to you know what's funny about that is is that sometimes i have that conversation with myself and i'm saying kev you you know you're not supposed to do that or Mm -hmm. you know what if like exact how i even got this radio show i was a a guest here on air and then i called up the station manager she liked it she liked my interview and then she said i bought a couple of your books i called to thank her and then i said you know what should i ask her and i was like "Eh." and i was like well you only live once I said, uh, excuse me, you know, do you have any room for another show? I was about to start this podcast called the Create Your Life series. It's based mm-hmm. off of these videos that I've done online, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, yeah. Then I come in. I look at the board. I'm like, uh, but you know what? <laughs> Got to go. Got to go yourself and then get over it. Over it. Yeah. I, that's a great philosophy. So what is the situation um, where you've doubted yourself or that you face rejection and you had to push through it? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it numerous uh, situations I guess the one that stands out the most is um, this is like 2005 2004 um, mm-hmm. dead broke dead broke actually alive and broke yeah, uh, very alive. <laughs> ramen noodle broke uh, hey man, peanut <laughs> cut open your toothpaste sandwiches. bro <laughs> hey have you ever had a top ramen sandwich Bruh, I, I still eat top ramen sandwiches. Man. <laughs> People don't understand this grind. Like that if you, season the, you season the ramen the right way, though. Hey, you, you can actually, I mean, look. Look, everybody's nodding their head. Y'all, yeah. yeah, right. I'm going to make know about this. You know what I'm saying? Oatmeal three times a day. Mm-hmm. Subway or Subway. Come on, man. <laughs> which is a game I used to play, which is where I would decide whether or not I would take that $5 <laughs> and buy a Subway sandwich and save it and walk the 70 blocks to where I had to go. Man. Or will I take the Subway and just see whether or not I'll get something to eat when I get there. Like, these are... These are real stories. Man, that's two twenty five left, bro. You see what I'm saying? You or if you go to McDonald's and you got like the ninety nine cent iced tea with yeah. no ice, then you can put it in your refrigerator and pretend like it was a real jug Absolutely. or something. You pour out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or the double cheeseburger and hey. you just eat one bun, one side of the bun. Right, right, right. That's and two one, one piece. Hey, bro. Hey, and <laughs> if you buy the bread, the white bread, right. for the dollar, then you can actually put it together. And you now you got you a, you have a whole sandwich. And you got a whole sandwich. Man, See, we've been there. You got to, you know what I mean? Those you are the things that keep that. you humble, though, you know? Hey. And they, and they actually force you to move to move a little faster. I think, you know, one of the things that's, that stands out to me is a moment when I was just really unsure of whether or not I would be, what my next move was. This is, again, this broke period of time, 2005. And I applied to NYU's um, Tisch School for the Performing Arts. Okay, great school. Great school. Um, and I had no formal training. You know, um, of course, um, I played around with that theater minor in school, but I was an English major who had studied the classics that I hadn't performed them. Right. And that's what one of the focuses of that incoming class was. And so I went through all of, you know, the rounds of interviews and auditions, scraped together whatever X fares money I could to keep flying from Atlanta to New York to audition, mm. putting my last money into, you know, cabs to get to the auditions. And I got a call on April 1st. <laughs> right, so you're like, this, this can't be it. And I got a call from um, the head of the department, and she said, well, by now I'm sure you've gotten your letter. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't. I actually got it like that following week. Mm-hmm. And she all but apologized for not being able to admit me into the class. She wow. was like, you know, you're a fantastic individual. 
you know, it, it came right down to the why. I'm not going to tell you the numbers, but like, let's just say that there were 15 people in the class. I hear I was somewhere in the 17, 16 range um, in terms of scoring. 15 people who were accepted who and you accepted. were 16, 17. Right in wow. that space. And she said, but she said to me, you're going to have a fantastic career. And don't let this not getting admitted here stop you from doing what you're going to do. Two, three years later, I'm actually helping one of my really, really good friends, um, Cara Patterson, who's famous now and on Broadway. She was in uh, Straight, Straight Outta Compton. Compton. Right. Yep. Um, I'm actually helping her go through her her senior project, her, okay. her presentation, which was her one-woman show. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually helping her direct this piece at NYU. And that same woman that called me walked in and she saw me and she was like, I told you you'd be fine. Wow. You know, but what she didn't know was during that time, that gap between when she told me I wasn't admitted and when I saw her. Right. I'd written a one man show. Right. I was like, oh, you know what? No, 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 no. I can't get in here. Oh, I mm -hmm. can't act over here. Yeah. I'm going to tour. <laughs> Any one man is called, Any, right? Any one man. What is that about? Any one man was really um, an exploration into black masculinity. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I went through, I played up to eight characters in the show. Wow. Um, but it, it was me exploring all the different men that I could have been by chance or by choice. So we started off with Adam, um, the biblical Adam. And mm -hmm. spoke about his his choice to bite that apple mm -hmm. and how that bite affected every single man uh, after that. So uh, we toured with that for about two years and to to great success and critical acclaim. Wow, man! Congratulations. Thank you, bro. Man, so I want to say hello. I want you to say hello because people are definitely shouting you out. Carl Bowen shouting you out. What's up, Carl? On the uh, Facebook Live <laughs> and Create Your Life Series family, we're going to cut to a quick musical break. If anybody wants to call in, 212-650-6903. This is the Create Your Life Series. We will be back in a couple moments with George 2.0. Caller, caller, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm on the line. Okay, cool. Yeah, George 2.0 is here, man. Please talk. Hey, 2.0, this is Michael Sterling calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Mike Sterling. I just want to let you know, man, you're an inspiration. A lot of people say take chances, take risks, and then they play it conservatively. You didn't do that, man. You followed your dreams, and you inspire people all around the country, man. I just want to let you know that. Man, Mike, you know that means a lot to me, especially coming from you and the, and the risks that I know that, you, that you're taking out there on behalf of all of us, man. I appreciate you. We reflect each other. All right, man. Keep, str keep striving, man. Keep achieving. The, the, the reward is on the other side, my brother. Man, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, Mike, man, thank you for calling in to Create Your Life Series, man. Have a good one. Thank you. That's Mike Sterling um, running for uh, mayor of Atlanta. And, uh, man, we got a call in from Mr. Michael Sterling. Mike uh, Sterling. During the musical break. And then now also we have a comment on our Instagram page. Young lady Siobhan Graham is asking a question to George. She says, what is the one variable that shifted the trajectory of your life from living the traditional existence, which is, you know, live in the suburbs, go to work, uh, come home, have two and a half kids and a dog with the white fence, to being a world citizen that follows mm. his dreams? George, please bless us with that knowledge. That's that's an incredible question. One variable. Uh, you know what's funny? I, I'm not. I'm, I've never been the typical person. My dad told me when I was in college, he's like, you know what? I think you're going to be a late bloomer, but when you blossom, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. Shout out to George 1.0, by the way. Uh, okay, yeah. so that's what I was going to ask. Where does 2.0 right? go from? <laughs> come from? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, George you know, my mom says juniors don't grow up. Um, oh. So, you know, I mean, honestly, though, this is back in the Wonderland days. You know, when you had to create your avatar and you had to put your screen name in there? Yeah, yeah. I would always go by George Albert Peters II. My name is George Albert Peters II. Those, uh, that doesn't fit inside yeah, of that. Yeah, that's very long. <laughs> you know, like, there's too um, many characters. Who? So it kind of, kind of, Gap, right, Gap 2. <laughs> gap 2. Um, so 2.0 came out that way. <laughs> like Gap Kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's real, right? No, I mean, you know what it was? I think that I recognized that I could change the tradition, right? I didn't. I don't not want to have 2.5 kids and a dog and, you know, all what? that kind of... What is a 2.5 kid? You know, That's the, like you, half a child. You know though. the scale that says, I mean, by average saying, that everybody you the has. From? Adoption, sharing. Um, hey, man, I resent that. No. Because adopting a kid or having a foster kid is not half a kid. You know what? That's absolutely right. But share, <laughs> but sharing sharing a kid, though, I think, perhaps like co-parenting, yeah, um, something like that. No, it's just the averages that they... That yeah, they, it's um, just the average. It's but yeah, I knew average. that I could. I knew that I could have you know, a different, I could break tradition. Yeah. And I knew that there were other aspects to my life that I could explore outside of that tradition that I, you know, that I was, I was brought up to think about. Um, and I think also my, my folks just exposed me to enough where I was able to create this, this gumbo for myself as opposed to, you know, just having that one standard opportunity. And I think, 
you know, that's what has made me a better person, made me a more well-rounded person. And when you talk about the exposure um, of your parents making you into a better person, mm -hmm. I think one of the other places that we get a lot of exposure from is our peers. Yeah. So tell me, what does your peer group look like? Oh, man, I, well, you got a call in from Michael Sterling, right? Okay. One of my line brothers, shout out to Storm22. Um, and what fraternity are you a part of? <clears throat> I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Oh, okay. Incorporated part is, you know. Very important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's a peer group I can I can immediately look to myself to be balanced against, right? Mm -hmm. Again, the only child thing. I got 21 brother, 21 real brothers now. Mike Sterling's running for, for mayor of Atlanta and mm -hmm. will win mayor of Atlanta. Now, if, if that means... That inspires me in a way that means I can't sit on the couch. I can't not go after my dreams, you know. Right. We, have, we have lawyers, there are doctors, there are family men, mm -hmm. you know, people that inspire me to create new traditions and to hold on to my own. Um, mm -hmm. That peer group extends itself into musicians, uh, frat brothers who have their own radio shows. Hey, man, I'm just trying to be great like you. Right? That's, I mean, I I mean you get inspiration from everywhere. My fiance, let me tell you about her. She's been in the gym recently, right? Okay. And I've been having to ask her to open up jars for me because... Are <laughs> 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 you so silly, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, her back, like, you could throw a baccalaureate, like, just for her whole back region. But oh, that inspired that? me to get into the gym. Right, right. So you find inspiration in all different places, and you see things that you like that people do, and, you know, you try them. Mm, wow. Okay, so how's this, how's this gym thing been going, man? Next question. It's happening? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. You see, I got my, my collar open because my chest is getting That's big. That's what I'm saying. Even, I see I you. Even, I can see. can't even close my collar. Yeah, I can see the muscles in, in your neck, man. <laughs> it's, it's serious out here. So on your journey, you know, it sounds like you have this great energy, which is something that really got you uh, involved with the Wonderland camp and what is really has other people invested in your interest. One thing that I said to, uh, to Joanna, who's a part of the Create Your Life Series team today, I said, when it comes to George, I say he's a good brother. He's always smiling. Yeah. And he has a, a has a great energy about himself. He's a class act. Yeah. Being that you, you have such great energy. No, I mean, it's just real life. Thank you. You know, I don't, I don't hold no punches. I'm just yeah, of straight raw, real. Being that you have such positive energy, how do you handle or how have you handled the naysayers or people who may not have been in your corner over the years? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a good question, Kev. I mean, there are always going to be people that doubt you or say that you can't. Sometimes you have to confront them directly. Um, you know, as a young black stage manager um i found myself in in poland walking up to you know not even just poland but even locally with the union guys here you know this could this happens downtown with guys that have been stage managers forever right and you walk in there and you start making decisions and pointing things out like we need to move this riser here we need mm -hmm. to do that and they say wait 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 let's wait till the stage manager gets here right wait a second bro what do you mean i'm <laughs> i am the stage manager right. but that forces me to work even harder to mm -hmm. go out of my way to prove myself mm -hmm. and not necessarily just to them but to myself right. so i take the naysayers and i take their speculations and their doubt and i make a list of things that i can perfect mm -hmm. so that the next time that doubt comes up i'll be even more confident um, about it but for the most part you know aside from the occasional off the wall social media message my community supports <laughs> me like right. I have people that say, hey, I saw you in the background and blah, 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 blah. Or was that you that caught Janelle in the pit at the Grammys? Or, you know, people like they see it and they support it. Give us a couple tips on how it is that you shape this peer group. Because sometimes, you, you know, it's oh, easy man. to say, go ahead and just get all positive people in your corner. But how do I literally go out and say, you know what? Yeah. I see that George is positive. Yeah. I see that Joanna's positive. Yeah. Leah's positive. I want to be a part of them. Like, do I go and I start, you know, asking what mm -hmm. you're up to and go and hang out with you? Like, what do you advise for some people to get these types of people in their I I mean, social helps a lot in terms of keeping up with people, to be honest. Um, sometimes I'll see people and I feel like I've talked to them more than I have because I've kept up with their lives. I've seen mm. them holding tigers and wherever you were holding a tiger. <laughs> Flying in South Africa. Like, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I think in terms of putting together a peer group, I don't really keep people around me. At this, this ripe old age, I don't mm. have to do the things that you did in high school where you have to, like, be friends with everybody. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? I, you don't have to do that anymore. You keep people around you that are honest, that are constructive, that are inspiring, um, and that share, you know, similar tenets with you, mm -hmm. you know, and that isn't to say that they're all clones, but they're, you know, you keep people around you that make you feel good, that will challenge you. Mm -hmm. I had a friend, Nardeep, who I went to, to um, lunch with in LA yesterday. He's watching in right now. He's a director. Right. Nardeep told me to fix my hat. He's nice. watching. He said, fix your hat. Now that makes sense to me, right? Fix your hat. Hey, Nardeep, look, am I good? <laughs> Let us know, Nardeep. Let us know. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you keep people around you that are going to be necessarily constructive, people that are going to give you those that positive reinforcement. Mm. Wow. So one of the things that is very important, especially when people are being entrepreneurs, when they're mm -hmm. trying to create their life and branch out on their own, they often have a bit of a challenge charging for charging their worth, whether it be to a peer or anybody like that. What are some tips that you have in order for people to get over that and get what it is that they're worth? You know, figure out your worth. It's almost like how the church says, give your tithes and your offerings. So not only your money, but your talent. Don't just prescribe somebody uh, uh, or actually this is a better way to say it like this if you take those two things not only the time that it takes for you to do something but mm -hmm. what you think that task is worth that will help you come to your rate right so yes you got an hourly rate sure and you have a certain amount of time that you think it's going to take you to edit a piece or to to you know to advance a tour but think about the things that you are having to remove from your schedule in order to do that you need to bill for that also you need to also bill your friends if you can't bill your friends and get them to believe in your worth. Mm. You're gonna have trouble building people who don't know anything about you or haven't seen you know, your, your product. Um, and I think that what it does is it makes it easier for you to be free to create in that space and to do your job because you're not thinking, well, you know what? They only gave me $50. I usually charge 100. I'm only gonna work $50 worth. You don't wanna do that. You wanna always be able to give your best give effort. Your best. So you need to give your price, that price that allows you to have your maximum effort and to not worry about what you're having to leave behind, what job you're having to give up to make those, those ends meet. Mm. Very powerful, very powerful. Uh, sometimes people, they have that problem. You know, sometimes people's friends don't oh, yeah. support what it is that they do. So what would you t say to somebody who, who's dealing with that type of situation or if they're just starting out? You know, one of the, the ways that I do it is if I give somebody a free service the first time mm -hmm. or if I give somebody a, a partially free service, mm -hmm. I will invoice them. And I want you to know that say you wow. want me to come and DJ and MC your wedding. Well, actually, I get X amount of dollars to MC the wedding but I know you don't have an MC and you're hiring me as a DJ. That's two separate rates. Yes, I'm only gonna charge you the one, but on this invoice, right. I want you to know just what you got from me. Too I want you to gold. see, exactly, I want you to see what you got in kind, not so that you'll feel guilty about it and not so that you'll think I've been overly generous, but so you'll know what the worth of this is because you might pass me on to somebody else and say, well, he only charged me $50. No, 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 no. I want you to see on the invoice, this was a $100 service or you know whatever the number is. Wow, dude, that is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was game. You know, because one of the things that I've, that I've done is, is I never say, you know, you're getting this for free. Right. But this idea that you just blessed us with in regards to still sending over that invoice and then showing, you know, that there might have been a discounted rate mm -hmm. or in-kind discount. Wow. Man, it's that's important. I mean, then people know that you value yourself even if you're giving them that discount. They know that you understand what your rate is. As an <laughs> entrepreneurial entertainer, uh -huh. Uh -huh. what has been some of the keys to uh, sustaining yourself? And I asked that question mm -hmm. because we had uh, Lisa Nicole Wilkerson on the show mm -hmm. um, a couple Sundays ago. And she said that less than 1% of the people who move to New York can actually sustain themselves by doing their craft alone. So yeah. what have been some of the keys to you sustaining yourself as an artist doing what you love? Well, I mean, especially in New York, we know that, I mean, it's just expensive to even, you know, walking down the street costs money. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> True. really, uh, I think that, you know, s sustaining yourself is going to require having several streams of income, mm -hmm. right? And so... You know, if I do a gig and I'm on the gig as a stage manager and there's a DJ, I'm going to go spend time with that DJ. Not only to find out what it is they're using, not only to make sure they know who I am should they need a stage manager, but also to find out if there's a gig they can't make and they need a DJ, I will have had that conversation with them, that DJ talk, right. where they'll be like, oh, yeah, I met the stage manager that DJs. And he was such a good stage manager. He's probably also competent in these other areas mm -hmm. and so returning to that to this person who you trust this you know me is opens up other opportunities i think you also have to remember somebody's name um that's really really important because when you meet them again um they will you know they'll feel this familiarity with you and that also provides an opportunity to get other gigs but overall you might have to do some jobs that you don't want to do you know, and it's just important. I mean, it's math. At the end of every month, you got to come up with whatever your dollar figure is. Exactly. <laughs> whatever that overhead is, you know plus I mean? some. Plus some. And so on your social, you're like, yo, I just had, you know, I had dinner with whoever and I went to drinks with whoever and I did a project for whoever. You don't have to post the fact that you were busting tables also. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right, Even right, though right. busting tables might have been What's what got you, you to that dinner with whoever and whatever. So you'll see me flying places. You might not know what I'm doing. You might see that thing I want you to see. Right. And and I think that's one of the biggest things is that there's a, a misconception or a unrealistic um <laughs> perspective when you look at social media and things like oh, that yeah. so it's very important to keep comparison out of that Absolutely. equation yeah, you're right you are right next question for you man i know we're winding down but sure. what are some of the top resources that you use to be productive in your business because you also have a production company called listen to me i do um and and actually again that was born out of the the, the necessity or actually i should say the desire to be able to play more roles Mm -hmm. um, and not just be seen as being hired, you know, for one thing. So a lot of times you'll hire my production company to, for example, we most recently did a, a wedding <laughs> here. Um, we shot a wedding, mm -hmm. and I shot it on iPhone. I edited it on iPhone so that by the time they came out of the reception, I mean, out of the ceremony, at the reception, I was playing video from, Wow. you know what I mean? And so that's a service that when they hired me, I'm sure they were thinking, okay, well, you know, this number, this large number is for two cameramen and assistant. No, no, no. I'm going to do all of that. On your phone? Yeah, all on the phone. What, what software did you use to edit that? I'm so just to answer your question, one of my biggest resources is iMovie. I've got probably upwards of 15 to, I don't know, 20,000 hours of, of editing on iMovie. I'm, I'm sure I'm in the top 3% in the world of iMovie editors. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Wow. I can't imagine that people do as much as they do in that space. Yeah. But that also is a, it's a resource for my company. Right. You know, that means Absolutely. I can get that job done in the moment immediately. And so now I can, because I played cameraman and editor and PA, I can hire somebody to kind of fill those spaces. I can teach somebody to use those iMovie defaults, you know, et cetera. So um, that's actually one of my leading resources. Obviously, the phone is just really important. You can get everything done mm -hmm. um, on the phone. Um, I would definitely say that um, Sky Miles help a lot. True, <laughs> very true. I would say for those last-minute flights, Sky Miles uh, help a whole lot. And then um, another resource that I, I spend a lot of time with is the notes section in my phone. I think it's really important Absolutely. to take notes, whether you journal, uh, whether you have a Mead notebook that you carry around with you, whatever it is. I think it's important to take notes because, you know, we all get dreams and ideas and we all have a limited amount of time to use them. And if mm -hmm. we don't, we'll lose them. So having a record of, of, of where they are is, is extremely helpful. Okay. What's next? George 2.0, you're a modern day renaissance man. Yeah. I mean, you you serious, but through and yeah. through, thorough. <laughs> um, so what are, what's next? I miss the stage, man. Okay. I really miss the stage in terms of uh, theater. Um, I miss I miss the screen as well. I, I, a large part of why I got back into the gym is because I want to be uh, I want to spend more time auditioning in this next year um, mm -hmm. or so. Um, that's a personal project, something that I can kind of do amongst the rest of the the, the trades that I'm into. Uh, I'll be focusing on a a new avenue, which is content direction. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll be working with Jadena um, a lot for the, the release of his new album um, and trying to figure out how I can uh, help bring some of his vision uh, to life along with his creative team. Um, and then uh, writing, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing. I think that, you know, I have some things that I need to get off my chest. Okay. Uh, so I'll be writing probably for most of the winter. And what is what is the uh, medium that you're going to use to get this writing out? It's going to be a um, book. It's going to be a movie. It's no, it's a, so it started off as a feature. It's a feature called "Passing Me By." Um, feature I, film, right? Yeah, feature film. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking uh, that it might end up being something more webisodic, so to speak. But we'll see. You know, when you I think as a writer, you can set out to write a project, or you can just write the story and see what it you know what it becomes. So I don't want to be too uh, limiting with what it might right. end up being. Okay. Give us three things that you would encourage any of our listeners who are looking to create their life, be their best, best selves, be, you know, something similar to a, whoever they are, mm. 3.0. Mm. Mm. Um, how, what, what yeah, how about that? A new idea, right? Yeah. What are three things that you would say to somebody who's looking to create their life? Uh, I think that you have to listen to yourself. And by listen to yourself, I mean uh, really, really inhabit the quiet spaces. We spend a lot of time on our devices um, looking to see what other people are doing. It's the first thing we do when we wake up, the last thing we do when we go to sleep. Um, one thing that I do every single morning is I, I don't talk when I first wake up. Mm. I, I don't want to be spoken to. I don't want to look at the phone. I need five minutes to just figure out where I am to separate myself from my dream state and to write down those thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other thing that are, that's really, really important is you have to take care of your vessel, your tool, your body. 
Um, I think that eating well and maintaining um, a good health regimen uh, is extremely important. Uh, you, you'd hate to get an opportunity and not have the energy for it when you get there or not be physically prepared. So the first one is, is mental and the second one um, is physical. And I think that the last thing you have to do um, is, and this is a very strong suggestion for believers and non-believers, is take really, really, um, uh, take an invested interest in how you handle your money, especially if you are intent on, on creating a business for yourself. I suggest the 21-Day Fast by Michelle Singletary. Um, it's an it's a opportunity for you to spend 21 days only using cash not using your debit card, only buying those things that are important to you. And it really identifies for you how you spend your money, where you're wasting money um, because you swipe and you don't realize that $2 adds up and that $3 adds up. When you're using cash, you actually can really take note of the things that you're spending money on. And from that savings, you can invest it in those tools you need to create your life, whether that is a camera or some graphic pencils or, you know, a good haircut, whatever, whatever it is you need. <laughs> Always need a good cut. <laughs> you Always know what I'm saying? Some Listerine strips, whatever it is that you need. <laughs> <laughs> hygiene, hygiene. You know, to make sure that you can move forward with your, your career. Um, those are the three things that I would suggest. And have a good time. Don't do yes. nothing that you don't enjoy. Man, that is that is game. That's what I like to call game. Last, last thing, real quick. Yeah. You have an event that I look forward to every year oh, yeah. that happens in New York oh, at yeah. Riverbank State Park. Oh, yes. You got you to gotta tell the people about this, man. Man, we will be back this year, April 21st to what is 23rd. It? it is called Spring Coming. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you that are familiar with the uh, historically black college and university tradition. HBCU. HBCU, shout out, um, of going to homecoming and just acting just crazy as a revival of the spirit that we crazy all. Crazy good. Crazy good. Um, crazy intentionally. Um, on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> um, it, we take that same energy for those of us that are now productive citizens of the, the greater New York area that either have kids or weddings or Mother's Days or graduations or jobs or things that, that you know, preclude them from going back to that fall homecoming. We throw that homecoming here um, in New York in the spring. And so this year we'll be putting together... Um, what some might identify as a hackathon. It's more of an innovation session, an entrepreneurial um, business panel. We'll be having our Friday kickbacks, of course, but our main event is Saturday, which is the Yard Fest, where we'll be having performers and tents and sponsors and steppers and strollers and DJs and all those things that you're used to seeing uh, on the yard. And then we'll make sure you get up the next morning, take your behind to church, church. and then we'll go to have a, a boozy brunch, the Have Plenty Brunch, um, which is hosted by um, Lauren Grant, um, founder of the Have Plenty Branch, Brunch, and my co-founder um, for Spring Coming. So um, wish us luck with all this, this pre-production and this programming leading into it. This being our third year, we will be grandfathered into the city's calendar so that we oh, will wow. have Congrats. those dates you know, for, in perpetuity. So it's something we're really excited about. We take all the monies that, that, are, are, that are generated and um, we send to the best of our ability as many students as we can uh, book money, you know, in between money, mm -hmm. uh, as much as they can, you know, they, as much we can get for them uh, to spend on their schooling. Absolutely. Well, man, thank you, uh, George, for being here man, on the Creation Life Series. I got to say, man, you are absolutely an inspiration for all of your listeners that are watching and those that are that are listening. I got to say, you know, it's really important to be a fan of a program like this, but even more so, more so than just being a fan. Take this as inspiration. Think about the thing that you want to do to create your life. Think about the model that you could be for somebody else to create their lives. Find them, and if you want to do something even bigger, create it together, much like this moment that Kevin has invited me into. We created this moment together because of his inspiration and his willingness to create this platform for for like-minded individuals. So get up off your butt and do something. Hey, get up off your butt and do something. Create Your Life Series family, we are back. We just had the opportunity to really listen to uh, to George 2.0, who's an amazing renaissance man. I mean, this dude, he does it all and is very humble. Uh, he's a brand ambassador, actor, writer, producer, and a DJ, and also the stage manager and MC for Janelle Monet. And that relationship, it it came about organically by just having the right energy, being in the right place and also being able to rise to the occasion and just volunteer to be to do different jobs that he might may not have known in that time. And so through his talk and his interview, I actually have some of the tips because I'm always taking notes. And so I want to bless you with that. So, number one, be invaluable. And that means that just show, like make yourself irreplaceable or make yourself a value to everybody else. 
Number two, be flexible. He didn't know how he was going to be a stage manager. He didn't know how he was going to MC. He didn't know how to be a videographer. But he rose to the occasion and jumped in there. And that's what made the difference between where he was and where he is now. Also, to be humble. He asked questions and he then also he's bold at times too because he demands a certain level of respect when people don't think that he's the stage manager on these huge stages or these huge events he still is there and he's humble and bold at the same time so you have to find that balance also he said that if he gives somebody a discount on his services he invoices them just to let them know that they got a, a discounted rate but also to help them understand that there's a value attached to the services that he provides so that's very very important uh, especially as an entrepreneur. Other thing that he said that I thought was really, really cool was is that he shadows people who are doing what it is that he wants to do. For example, other DJs, when he wasn't, you know, that experience as a DJ, he would go shadow DJs and then he would find out, ask them, hey, you know, is there, are there any gigs that you can't make? And then go ahead and get that referral. And he said, it's also very important to remember the names of people when you meet them because that'll take you a long way. And then, of course, I had to ask him, man, what are the top resources that you utilize in order to keep this business running? And he said, iMovie. He said he, he might, he has to be in the top 3% of people who uh, use iMovie because he's logged over 20,000 hours. And then he said his phone. He said he, he shot a wedding and then edited the wedding at the wedding on his phone using iMovie. He said that Sky Miles are, are a huge resource for him. <laughs> and then he also said that the notes... Uh, pro app in his phone because he's always journaling he's always writing that inspiration and then I said man what are what are three things that you could give to our listeners in order to help them to create their life and he said number one inhabit the quiet spaces that means be comfortable with yourself and I know one thing that he does is he goes on a social media fast once a year for 30 days for the whole month of January and he doesn't go on social media at all so he takes that break so that he's in tune with himself also he doesn't like to talk in the morning first thing up he wants to be engulfed in his own thoughts which is actually a habit that I share with him uh, number two take care of your body that means eat healthy and exercise and he said that you know he finds his inspiration from different people but he doesn't want to ever show up to an engagement or to an opportunity and not have the energy for it so it starts before he actually gets the opportunity and what it is that he eats and the daily habits that he has as far as exercising taking care of his mind body and soul then he said number three Take care of your finances. And he suggested a book, actually, which is great. He gave us a resource. He said the 21 day fast by Michelle Singletary. He said that now that is a task where you're actually going to go ahead and just only use cash and it'll actually show you your spending habits. So, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a great Sunday. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. I want to remind you that we do have our podcast, the Create Your Life series, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and also on Google Play. Go ahead, listen to the episodes that are there. George's episode will be up in a couple weeks. This is the Create Your Life series. Have a beautiful day, and we're also on Instagram, at CYO series. Be blessed. This episode of the Create Your Life series is brought to you by Manners Soul Food and Salad Bar Restaurant in Harlem, New York. Manners is open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Manners has been serving soul food in Harlem for 31 years. They have now added healthier options to their 8th Avenue locations menu, such as steamed dumplings, a fresh salad bar, and all of their food is cooked with fresh herbs like garlic, rosemary, thyme, basil, and ginger. You can find out which location is close to you by visiting their website, soulfood.com.